in the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know, brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information with your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and today we have as a guest Bobby Medford, who's the program director of Behavioral Health Clinic here in Dalhart. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Glad to be here. Bobby, everybody wants to know something about mental health. Everybody wants to be sure we're healthy. Tell me a little bit about what you do. So I am a licensed professional counselor, and at the hospital what I do is I meet with uh, people of all ages, uh, ages three and up, and just help them with any of the barriers or obstacles they may have that's uh, part of their mental health things that they uh, have that won't keep them from having the life that they want to have and to improve that. And so it's a part of a whole treatment of not only the physical, but also the mental and emotional and and, uh, spiritual part of that that is what I do. Well, Bobby, when, uh, I mean, do parents just say, I think my child has some mental health issues or are they referred by doctors or uh, how does that come about? So for our program there, our clinic there at the hospital, they go through their primary care physician and they get a referral. And uh, usually they um, uh, see the see the doctor to be able to get some kind of you know diagnosis or maybe something that they see that's going on first. And then they, they refer them over to us. Um, and then we contact them and set up uh, appointments to see. And, and we do assessments with them uh, to check to see if there's any uh, issues going on there so that maybe we can help them with that, whether it's depression or anxiety, um, attention deficit, uh, hyperactive disorder, that kind of thing. Well, I'm glad you're covering some of those because I'm trying to figure out what mental health really looks like. What does good mental health look like? Well, good mental health is if you uh, are staying active in four different things. I call it the four pillars of health, and that is exercise, good nutrition, sleep, um, and then also taking care of your stress, like mental, emotional stress. And so so if you're able to, to you know, do those four things and take care of those things in your life, then that's that's kind of what good mental health is, is about. So you're not experiencing, uh, you know, consistent times of uh, depressed mood or uh, consistent anxiety, which in our society sometimes that's uh, uh, very rare not to have anxiety nowadays, but um, to be able to uh, just feel like you're functioning, um, you know, in a in a, and have a, a good sense of well-being for yourself. Well, do you see more kids, or do you see more adults, or? Does it depend on the time? It just depends on the time. Usually whenever school starts, I do see more uh, kids because uh, they notice that there's things that are going on uh, during the school year. Um, but it, 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 does, it, it, it just depends. Um, we, we, we have both uh, – uh, I see a lot of kids because that's something that I've got some experience in over the years. Um, and my other therapist, he sees uh, uh, young adults and uh, older adults. And, so, and I also see adults, too. And then we also have a program there at, uh, at uh, the hospital where uh, we've been there for 12 years, and it is a senior adult program. 
uh, where uh, anyone over the age of 55 uh, can get a referral from anyone, doesn't have to be a doctor, uh, where they may be experiencing some uh, depression or anxiety or uh, living situation, maybe uh, transition, you know, maybe looking at uh, going from uh, independent living to uh, having uh, assisted living or in the nursing home, or uh, maybe there's a loss, grief, those kind of things that uh, uh, can cause them to have a, a time that uh, they need to to seek out more more help with that, uh, and so so we have a program there, and it's a structured outpatient program where they see uh, a therapist, which is myself, and we have a group of therapists. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor, and then I've got a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed uh, master level social worker that works for me. Um, and then we also have a, a neurogeropsychiatrist, which basically means that he uh, specializes in uh, uh, geriatric uh, people over 55. And so, so we have that program available, and so we see, we see patients from so all ages uh, that come to see us for the mental health. Well, when somebody comes in to see you, is it normally for a visit or multiple visits? Is it a... Is it a a month-long thing, three months? Do you have people that you just have for a long time? How does that normally work? Yeah, that's. Uh, it just kind of depends. So we do see patients that um, that do have extended uh, visits. Um, we do uh, a lot of times. I'll see people uh, for the first two or three times right up front, uh, maybe every week, or depending on uh, what the intensity of their their situation is. Uh, it could be every couple of weeks, but I do have some that I've seen for an extended period up to up to a year. Uh, but it wasn't every week for a year you know, um, and then some that like to just do checkups. So I may see them every two or three months after we've done the initial three or four sessions, and they want to just check in on how things are going for them and, and see how they're doing. You know, it seems like most of my life, we've always had a certain amount of stigma around mental health, that this isn't really health, this is there's really something wrong with you. Right. How do you approach that? How do you get around this stigma to, to let people know that they really need help. If they need help, they need to get it. Yeah. I think one thing on stigma, uh, one of the things is to just have more education. Uh, and, and and people are trying to do that, especially mental health advocates, uh, which I, I, I really like that they're getting the education, the awareness, the information out. Um, so like this month, uh, on October 10th, is World Mental Health Awareness Day. And uh, this week is Mental Illness Awareness uh, Week uh, from the National Association Mental Health Institute. So they, uh, mental illness, they they try to bring more information um, throughout the year. There's different things like last month was uh, suicide prevention uh, awareness uh, month. And so, so having that education helps with the stigma um, to be able to let people know that uh, there's a lot of people that uh, experience some kind of mental health issue in their lifetime. Um, the, the statistics say there's about 20% uh, people that have that issue uh, at least once in their lifetime at some point. And at any, any given time, about 20% of the people have a mental health issue. Um, and so uh, information, education is one part. The other part is to realize that, you know, just like if someone has diabetes, you know, they go into the doctor, they get treatment, and it's a it's a disorder of their pancreas, right? So with, um, with mental health, it's like there's something going on with the brain and with the rest of the body, and it's just 
out of sync. And so just knowing that there's, there's that it's treatable um, and that it's not uh, something to be scared about or something that's um, to, to discriminate against, uh, then that helps with, I think, some of the stigma that way. Absolutely. Well, you said last uh, month was Suicide Prevention Month. What did yes. you do at the hospital uh, to deal with that issue? Well, one of the things is, um, I, I, of course, I give education to uh, different departments on some of the issues of that, and uh, I think uh, we talk a little bit about in healthcare about burnout and that kind of thing like that. But also, um, last month. I, I, uh, went to two different schools here in the area and spoke with the students about uh, suicide prevention and what they can do uh, to help their friends or help their family uh, in suicide prevention. Because, of course, we call it suicide prevention because it's 100% preventable uh, to be able to, to get help. And uh, we provide that access, and hopefully we can you know, share more information with other schools and with the community in the, in the future. Well, when you're sharing this with students, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about what they look for in suicide prevention. How do you know somebody is on the verge of that type of okay. problem? Sure, sure. Well, one, there, there's a couple of different signs, a couple of different, there's some factors there that goes into that. Some is like, you know, if if somebody is, is starting to sleep too much, uh, you know, that's one factor. Uh, if they've had family members uh, in their family that have had um, the, um, you know, maybe some that have had uh, suicide attempts uh, already in their in their families um, or have actually died by suicide that's a big factor um, the other thing is um, you know risk of substance abuse or alcohol abuse if it's uh, you know more they're doing it more often that's that's one thing especially for for teenagers withdrawn from activities that normally they would enjoy or have interest in as well as isolating themselves from family and friends you know, giving away things, uh, which is a different behavior than they would normally do, uh, is a is a, a factor uh, that you look for. Also, uh, fatigue or aggression uh, that normally isn't there. Those are some factors that uh, that I talk to them about doing that. And then there's some warning signs, which are like if someone starts to talk about you know, wanting to die, or if they say something about suicide, or they start posting things on uh, online, you know, on social media about things that would be different than what they would normally do that has to do with death. So we all need to just be aware that, that those things are there and that they're real. Yes, definitely, definitely. If a person were to uh, have somebody in their family or somebody that's a friend that might uh, they might think that they are having issues with suicidal thoughts, what should they do? Well, one of the things is just asking them about that. You know, a lot of people, uh, there's a myth that says that if you ask somebody about suicide, then they're going to start thinking about it. Well, if they're already thinking about it, then uh, they're going to tell you. So just asking them straight out, are you thinking of, you know, killing yourself or harming yourself in some way? And if they say yes, then you're there to be able to help them, you know, whether it is to seek treatment, uh, whether it's, you know, through their their physician or through, like myself, through a, a team of counselors that maybe can help help them. Um, if they, uh, if it's something that's imminent, they're in danger right then, of course, you can uh, take them to the you know, emergency room or call 911. Um, recently, they've, changed, they've made a nationwide uh, phone change for our uh, suicide uh, uh, crisis line uh, that's a national line, and it's now 988. 
where you can dial that number and you can have someone 24 hours, seven days a week, and they can talk to someone and they can give them some help. And even a person that's wanting to help somebody can call that number and they can at least give them some guidance and some direction on what they need to do to help a, a family member or a friend that they have that's possibly in that situation. Wow, I've never heard of that. That's 988 is yes, the sir. suicide prevention line. Yes. Yeah, that's something we all ought to know. Yes, sir. We also with us today have Michelle Maka, the uh, marketing director for Cone Memorial Hospital. And uh, Michelle, we're glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I think maybe you can tell us something about the upcoming health fair. Sure. Yes. Um, On October 27th, we're going to be hosting our annual community health fair, and it's going to take place at the uh, Legacy Assisted Living parking lot. This will be a drive-through event starting at 7 a.m. and running through 9 a.m. or until we run out of supplies there. Um, Hopefully you get there early. So attendees who show up will um, drive through the drive through and they'll receive um, a bag with um, a voucher for free labs as well as some goodies from some vendors here locally. The lab voucher can be used to get a free lab for um, CBC, CMP, lipid, or um, your um, A1C. And the testing will take place the three weeks following the the actual health fair. And um, like I said, attendees, it's free for everyone. And um, if you show up, you can get that voucher for your free labs and get those taken. And then you will get your results on our patient portal. Yeah, that's great. Michelle, thank you. Bobby, I have one more question for you here before we end this. Tell me, with mental health, it seems to me like COVID has had a big influence on that and some of the protocols that we did during COVID and some of the isolation and so forth. How have you seen that play out? Yeah, definitely. Um, In the last couple of years, even after, uh, even not just during that time, but even just recently in the last few months, I've seen where people have had uh, a little more issue with um, their anxiety. So a lot of times we talk about, you know, most people have a normal level of anxiety where, you know, the normal things like giving a speech or talking on a podcast, a little bit nervous, that kind of thing like that. But uh, it seems like during COVID, a lot of people that have never experienced any anxiety anxiety in that sense would had a little more a little more anxiety about what was going on um, so their baseline was up a little bit so if you were to say on a scale of one to ten most people are at a one all of a sudden people are already at a two or a three at just all the time because there was this this worry this concern um, you know about getting sick or having others sick and just a lot of things going on you know nationally and worldwide that were happening so so it seems like the, that we've had quite a few more instances of people that have dealt with um, or had some issues with anxiety. Now, some people that I've seen uh, have had issues because they had, did have COVID and they had some health issues that uh, continued uh, forward from that. And so so just dealing with those things, um, whether it be, you know, not being able to breathe or having heart issues or just afraid that they might get it again. And so, so dealing with that. And then there's just the normal stressors of everyday life that all of a sudden, you know, are magnified uh, and they weren't before 
before. Um, I think I seen a, a study not too long ago, just well, just recently, that talked about how that uh, anxiety ha- has increased about ten to twenty percent in each uh, population um, that you check. You know, whether it's adolescents, young adults, uh, adults, and and our senior adults. Well, if you're a listener here and you're feeling some uh, withdrawal, isolation, extra anxiety, uh, those things that seem to come with this, what would you recommend for them? Well, I would recommend that they check in with uh, their their physician and just uh, and talk with them. Um, and if there is a need for more treatment, then they can provide that and they can refer to that and recommend that. I can always answer any questions. Uh, I have my my number is two four four nine two six one for our department there at the hospital, and I, I'm always willing to talk to with anyone. Um, they can email however they they need to do and just check in, and and we'll kind of guide them from there. Sounds great. Well, today we've had Bobby Medford and Michelle Maka with us from Coon Memorial Hospital. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. And this kind of finishes up our broadcast of In the Know, part of the Dalhart Connection. So be sure and go to kxit.com, and you can hear this and past episodes should you miss it this week on the air.